you just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello world, welcome in on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday. I can finally say that because the rain has gone away, but we are in studio ready to get you going on this beautiful Sunday morning for the next few hours. We're going to try to get you some winners. We're going to try to get you caught up in what is the sports landscape. But before that, my partner, the statistician, my partner in grind at Josh Jordan 975, where you can find him on Twitter, Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? How you doing, my man? Good, man. It's good to be back in studio. Um, I always love a good road show, but I but it's always being being good. What do you call it? Home court. You know what I mean? You, you're comfortable here, and then not only that, then we get here and we got our man Juggalo Trey in the house. I like to call him Trey Campbell because that's who he is to me. Keeping us in line for the next few hours. What's going on, my man? Hey, I'm back. Um, with with my friends, the people I've worked with probably the most. Um, it's good to be here on a Sunday morning. I'm glad the rain's gone so I can lock my dog outside till I get home. That's a plus. That is. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 was where you can find us on Twitter. Let's get it going. Let's jump into whatever you want because there's so much to get to as far as the Astros, right? Uh, I tell you, every week we come in here, we're going to take this. Baseball, we're we're gonna we're gonna fan the right way. Baseball fan, we're not gonna get up too high. We're not gonna get too low. We're gonna play by segments. We had a as a, as a unit, the starting unit. They had they had the they had the little run, right? They had where where what was it? Seven games with uh, the starters weren't giving up over one one uh, run. Yeah, which is never happened in Astros history. In history, that's crazy. I mean, think of all the good pitchers and staffs the Astros have had. Think about that stat. And I saw Charlie Palillo actually did something for Sports Map. That's where I actually yeah. saw it first. And um, it just when you really think about it like that, you say, "Wow, I didn't realize." Because when you think about pitching, then you think about it as a whole, and then you start mixing in the bullpen, and then you start thinking, "Is it that great?" But whenever you just put a spotlight on what is the starting pitching, what it was, let's call it last week or in the last, let's say, last 10, 12 days, it's been sufficient. It's been great. It, yeah, and you think of those teams with, you know, Roger Clemens and Andy Pettit and Roy Oswalt, they never did it. So, you know, the fact that this Astros staff did it, they have some real talent, but we still have some concerns, right? You know, then, you know, Oda Rizzi comes out and, you know, doesn't have a very good performance, has to come out of the game really early. So that's kind of, that's what snapped the streak right there. And, you know, Grinky obviously had a great game the other day. So, boy, he's been, he's been good this year, man. He hasn't been lights out, but he's been very good, very solid. You'll take that. And a complete game. Yeah. That, 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 that's the most important. Uh, you started seeing it towards the end. You, you knew that even with the big lead, don't bring him out. Like, we're finishing this game off with Grinky on the mound. That's the way it went. And that's what you're going to need later on whenever it gets crucial. And whenever you get to the postseason, you're going to need those extended innings. You need seven innings out of a starter, which is which is hard. Eight innings to ask out of a starter. But if you want to avoid that bullpen, and eventually you're going to have to trust someone. How about Arkady yesterday? Someone that he had done well in his previous, what, four decisions. But then yesterday, he did good. 
first few innings, and then it, it came undone in the fourth. It did. And then here we are, what, 6-2? to two? Again, I don't want to overreact. It's baseball, but he's been also – he's been consistent. It was just – even in this game, he was all right. It was just in one inning and unraveled. Yeah, you know, once you start, you know, missing with your location, you know, these are big league hitters, man, and you leave the ball over the plate, it's going to get hit. And that's what it was. A lot of people are saying the word location yesterday was a problem. He threw too many strikes. It, it was he was giving up too many good good pitches, and and the batters were seeing it. Which sometimes that's refreshing, right? We've seen a lot of these guys in the bullpen for the Astros come out and just throw can't a even strike. throw a strike. You see them airmailing the ball to the backstop. How many times time? have you had to, you're like? <laughs> Just throw a strike. Put, they put me in. I'll throw a strike. But then yesterday was just too many good strikes. You know, he was his location wasn't there obviously because he didn't want to throw meatballs. Obviously, he just he couldn't find the corners of the of the zone, and and that's going to be a problem. But I'll take it. I'll take it. It's been consistent. It was just one inning um, that ended up unraveling, and you know how that goes in baseball. But here we are again, and I just. Week by week, let's just 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 get us there to the end. Get us get us to the end of the season healthy. Get us to the end of the season where where I always say the word trust is strong, but where you can rely on a few more than just Presley. Uh, uh, give me one more guy that you can at least say, man, I'm going to rely on him, and then we'll go from there. I, I'm with you. We'll see what they do. You know, when McCullers comes back, that's going to be huge. What you know, is Garcia going to go to the bullpen? I'm down with that. What? How do you feel about that? I, I, we're yet to see him in real high leverage situations. Don't get me wrong in, in things that, but in the little moments that we saw, how can you not con- be confident in him? It's just, it's different coming out of that bullpen than starting the game. I understand that. It is. But from what I've seen right now, he surprised me. He has, but I hate tinkering with stuff like that. Yeah. Like if he's pitching well for you, leave it alone. Don't screw with it. If it's not broken, don't fix it. And that's what I feel like it's going to be. Kid- it's going to be um, um, uh, musical chairs in this in this rotation for a while now, and and because you're getting guys coming back, some guys aren't doing so well. You, what, I mean, you got to figure out what you're going to do with Odorizzi. You got to figure out what you're going to do with some of these guys that that you thought you were going to trust in. What do you do with Odorizzi? I mean, because you can't just fold your hand because you brought him in. For, you, you know, it's too early to fold your hand. Obviously, it's not over overreact but at the same time nothing nothing you have seen has given you confidence to where you're just like yeah i'm glad we brought him in one he's had one good start that's basically it. and then in pitching though you know that that one isn't enough you know if anything it has to be consistent and especially whenever your bullpen is that bad it's different whenever you have the help of the bullpen you're just like wow the bullpen ended up shutting them down. The the offense ended up scoring, you know, five runs, four runs in the after the fifth inning, and, and they ended up winning. The starting pitcher didn't lose the game, but whenever you're you're losing the game out there, and then you handed you're handing the ball to a to a bad bullpen, it's just disaster. It is, and Garcia's pitched so well, so to to take him out of the rotation for for Odorizzi when McCullers comes back. See, I thought I didn't like it when they took Javier out. I, that's your boy. They did it on – I understand why they did it. And if you remember, the day they announced that he was going to the bullpen, that was the day that Ryan Presley woke up with a stiff neck and couldn't pitch. I don't know if you remember that, but that was – that's where I, I think James Click realized, like, what the hell are we going to do if we don't have Ryan Presley? You know, like, we, we got to get somebody else in that bullpen that we can count on that can get some out. So that's when they moved Javier back to the bullpen. But – 
I don't see him as their their fifth starter. You know, when the season started, I saw him as more of a, a three or four kind of guy. If he's your five guy, then you should be uh, doing good. Yeah, like like real. If, good. if he's your five guy, then you should be doing good. Now, when you say Luis Garcia, check this out: four and 1.57 ERA in his last four starts. Through a career high seven innings, one run ball against the Red Sox, a potent offense. His 2.6 ERA through his first 10 career starts is the seventh lowest in Astros history. Wow. Earlier, we were talking about history, about the, the seven games with, you know, the starters not allowing over one run. History, seventh in, in, in all the pitchers of, of, in, that have pitched in this uniform. That's, I mean, that's a great start. Like you said, it's, it's hard to take them out of there and saying, you know what? Let's just move you to the back. Why? Why do you? Why do you break? Uh, change something that's not broken. But then, all, all what else do you do? It's just it's just a sticky situation. But at the end of the day, like you said, if Javier's your five, you should be in good shape, right? And you know, but I think he's going to be in the bullpen for the rest of the year now with Javier. You know, I I think they just can't afford to to move him out of there. But look, like you said, it's a good problem to have. But with Odorizzi, I mean. He's not really a bullpen guy. Are they going to move him to the bullpen? I don't know. It's a concern. At least you have Grinky pitching really well. You know, you have some things that are working out. And, and Garcia, dude, a two eight nine. I mean, this guy, he's impressive. Man, fifty three innings and sixty strikeouts. He's averaging over a strikeout an inning. He can play. He can yeah, pitch. He can pitch, and he's a big dude. I like his he com- stuff. He's confident. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't seem like someone that's that's this fresh into a career. He seems confident out there. I like him, and and like you said, it's just I don't I don't necessarily want to say don't don't change it because uh, obviously when when McCullers and you have when everything is set, you want to you want to have trust. Do do you trust him here because he's already he's already gained that? I think he's earned some trust here. I mean, against the Red Sox, seven innings. I mean, yeah. what has he done for you to t- to tell you you know what? Let's 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 throw him in the back. No, leave him where he's at. Let him shine. Maybe this is the the rough. In the, how many how many diamonds in the rough did you find last season? Whenever it was a lot of young pitchers, and then all of a sudden here you are. Now you now now you're starting to trust in these guys in year in the, in the second year. I think that's what's got to happen with Garcia. It does, and you know he pitches today. Yeah. So if he goes out and does this again, <laughs> what do you do? What do you? I mean, how do you? It's like sorry, you know, you're being demoted. Like what? No. It makes sense. It'd be different if if Odorizzi was was just stout right now, or even just just decent. Yeah. But right now, it's just I don't even know what's going on. I just there's no way that I'm taking Garcia out of there when he's comfortable. And whenever you have a stud like that, maybe you you're onto something. And Dusty didn't seem all that excited with Odorizzi after that last performance, you know. But let's be honest: is it even really Dusty making the call on this? This is probably James Click, right? I would think so. 713-780-3776. Let's, let us know what your thoughts as far as the Astros and the rotation and how do you think the, the chips should fall once everyone is back in healthy? Who do you trust in? And I know that's a strong word. Who do who can we rely on whenever you're getting into that seventh and eighth inning and, and your beers have settled in and now you're a little now you're leaning a little bit to the left and then all of a sudden they're throwing nothing but balls and then even if you have even when you have a seven run, six run lead, you're in there just you're not even confident. Astros fan out there right now. Eighth inning, you got a five run lead. You're not confident. One bit. You're thinking, just please just get through this. Yes. Boom, yeah. walk. And you're like, okay, here we go. And Stanick, uh, a lot of the outs these guys get are, are rockets to the warning track. You oh, know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> sometimes it's just you're lucky your guy was in the right place yes. at the right time. You're thinking, with a shift work, you know, like it's not even the pitching. They're hitting into the, thank you. Yes. But 
that's what you have to uh, you have to deal with. It's baseball, and and Astros aren't the only ones. You know, it's we. I saw uh, speaking of of Astros and baseball, you saw John Boy's getting canceled. Mm, you saw that. That's a shame. I haven't seen that. So uh, my my prayers have been answered. Hey, it's funny you said that. I don't know if you saw it, Trey. So supposedly one of the people that John Boy has on his staff has been known to use the N-word. Oh, with a e- oh boy, what a surprise. And with an E-R, I believe, too. Ooh. You know, not even just... You can't come back from that. Well... Unless you're Kyle Larson. Funny, right? So how can you come back whenever, as a company, whenever John Boy comes out and he's saying basically it's it's nothing like... This is this is overblown. He, he's taking the back of the guy. And right now, you can go to Twitter and they're, they're starting the hashtag cancel John Boy. You go on there, they're going at it. It's uh, if you... If you've been waiting on this, he's getting his right now. He's having to deal with that because his his company was blown up. I mean, his name, he he had everything going his way. Yeah. And you know you can't do that right now, especially in this cancel culture life that we live in. And, and this decisive I mean, this this deserves to be you if someone within is using that word and, and they're known to use it and they supposedly they had that dude delete his account and he started another one, used it again. So it's like you know what? It's time to cancel John Boy for all this that he's done to this city. You're listening to Moneyline ESPN 975. ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Real fun sports. I'm breaking my wheel, man. I'm breaking my wheel, man. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. We're going to break them off real bad on a Sunday morning here on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. That's Josh Jordan. That's Trey Campbell. I'm Jerry Bow, knows with a Z. We're trying to get you caught up on everything that's Astros, everything that's coming from the sports world because... We talk, and we'll talk about it a little later. Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. I heard the. I don't know why they decided on Sunday at first. I was like, Sunday? What's going on with that? Floyd likes to describe it as the Super Bowl's on Sunday, the NBA All Star Games on Sunday. I'm fighting on Sunday. So if I'm not going to say if you're uh, anxious for the fight, um, get be prepared. But I guess let's see. Uh, I'm ready for the spectacle. Let's call it this. Let's just see what happens. It's going to be a circus, and I don't know. Who wrote the script of this story that we're about to see? We're about to see how it plays out. Vince McMahon, probably. 713-780-3776. Let's see how Jeff plays the Astros out because he wants to talk Astros. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing this morning? Very good. I'm curious to what you got going as far as the Astros. How do you see this playing out? What do you think about the pitching staff right now? Well, I heard you all on the back end talking about the rotation, and I don't know what you all were talking when it came to Lance. Uh, that's when I got into the car, but... How do you feel about Lance coming out of, like, moving to the bullpen after he gets healthy? Because he had a pretty good run out of the pen on their World Series championship run. What do you guys feel about that? I know McCullers wants to start. You know, he, he considers yeah. himself a starter. We, you know, we brought this up before in past seasons. So, 
and he, he's kind of wild. You know what I mean? Like, he, he kind of worries me. If there's a couple guys on base and you bring in McCullers, he kind of struggles to find the strike zone sometimes. So that could be tricky. And I know, you know, he wants to start. So I, I think that's going to be one of the hurdles there, too, is is Lance going along with that. Also, let's think about a few of the starts this this year. He was in trouble, like, in that first inning, a few of them. He got out of jams. Even yeah. that very first start. Just think about it. It just seems like – but he has had success out of the bullpen. That could be an option, but – I mean, just to me, the money they just gave him, though, exactly like eighty million bucks. You, you paid him as a starter. That's I think that that's the problem now. You paid him as a starter, but you always knew that there was. I mean, how many how many seasons without injury has he played completely? He's you, never had a full season without injury. That's a, that's an issue. I don't know, Jeff. What do you think? Would would you move McCullers? I mean, that means Oda Rizzi stays in the rotation if you move McCullers to the bullpen. Yeah, when you say it like that, I would just probably move Oda Rizzi to the bullpen because Garcia is pitching well, and he got out of the jam, especially um, against the Red Sox, and he just, he's, he's looking cool. The only thing that's so weird is, like, his, his mechanics, like, his rotation, like, how he throws, the, yeah. that little hitch or whatever it is, the back and forth, but I don't know, man, Garcia is coming on pretty strong, in my opinion. No, I agree. I'm just, why mess with it if it's working? Yeah, you know? leave him in. He's confident. Don't take away confidence for the kid. Confidence is hard to build, especially as a pitcher. If you have it and he's he's playing with it against a big bat, he's he's going after big batters. It's like he, he he's living into that moment. It's, it's He's playing with ice water in the veins, they say. That's what I like about him, and I like his presence in post games. He's confident. It's confidence is what you look for in a pitcher. Yeah, and he's young. You know, he's a big kid. He throws hard. I like what I'm seeing. I I love what the Astros have here. I'm just, you know, the logistics, just getting everybody to fit into their role. I think that's going to be a challenge for Dusty and James Click. And, you know, Joel brought this up uh, during the weekdays on the press box. They have all these extra starters. Is is one of those guys a, a trade piece, you know, for maybe a bullpen arm or, or something like that? Plus, what about Pedro Baez? Like, he still haven't even pitched this year. That was their big bullpen get in the offseason from the Dodgers, and We've got nothing out of that guy. Yeah, that if you have so many arms that you that is becoming excess, if you're starting to use the word excess, and, and where, where do we put this guy? Then then you obviously have trade pieces. Yeah, combine a few. Your offense is the bats isn't the problem. No, that's established. They're gonna get theirs. It's it's those pitchers. McCullers go back into the starting rotation. I mean, look, we're talking about Javier at a five. Imagine that, or or in the bullpen. Whenever coming into the season, you thought you could rely on him as a as a maybe a three. Yeah, I mean, his ERA was like three point one, even a four. When like, they moved him out of the rotation, I mean, he had a great ERA, and you know he he hadn't been pitching quite as well when, when they when they moved him. Just because I think there's starting to be more tape on him, right? There, there's more scouting now that people are seeing him a little more. But he was still good. I'm just. You know, I'm curious to see how they make this work. But look, it's a good problem to have. But also, we know that there's not a lot in the Astros farm system. So if they're going to get something good, they might have to make one of these extra starters available. But you know, what if McCullers gets dinged up again? You know, like it's hard to count on him. My man, Dr. Dre on 290 on Twitch. He's a huge. He's a season ticket holder. Huge Astros guy. He says you move Odorizzi to the pin or trade him. You don't. Astros don't pay. Uh, McCullers to come out of the bullpen, like you said, and also, or you go to a six-man rotation. How do you feel about that? That's where I want to, 
a six-man rotation. But we know how they feel about that because remember when they sent Christian Javier to the alternate training site because they were like, we're not going to need a fifth starter because of the amount of off days they had? They didn't want these guys getting out of their, their normal routine. routine yeah. yeah, and then then you know you have Grinky what, pitching every six days. So I don't have a problem with it, but I know how the Astros feel about that based on them sending you know Javier to the alternate training site. I like Jeff's call, though, because you ask yourself, okay, what, what do you do with McCullers? But then the question's answered right then and there. They paid him. Yeah. That's off the table. You didn't pay him that kind of money, so then – you got to put them in. So that's one of the puzzle pieces that's gone. Grinky, that's another puzzle piece that's there. So, like, once you start getting these puzzle pieces there and then you only have, what, two spots, and or or if you go to the six-man, that extra spot, how does it all fit? Where? That's the beauty of baseball, though. It's a long season. As long as they can stay afloat, as long as that, that, that those bats can stay hot and, and keep. I don't want to be in, in October or, or, in, or in playoff baseball just, man, we got – you got to score nine runs today. You know, like no, that. you got to score seven runs today. I don't feel like in McCullers, his ERA is two nine six. He's he, been really good, really this year. good. Like it, you heard many people saying, you know what? I'm glad they paid him for that contract right before that injury. But this is something that you knew whenever he put the the ink to the paper that injuries was a concern. It was. You've seen it all throughout his career. It's been a concern. Splits another concern. Those are two things that are huge for a pitcher. Splits. I mean, you, I'm just. I want to get this starting rotation healthy. I want to see more than one guy in the bullpen that we can trust. Presley and give me one other, and then let's go from there. Because the bats are this team. The bet you made. It's it's got worse. It's got better. Or, or let's call it worse odds. Not you get paid less. So the bet you made. The perception of the Astros to where the season when it was before it started to now. They're being viewed as a better team now. Yes. They've answered questions. Although the bullpen, even on that little stretch where it ended up, those games where they ended up, the bullpen ended up giving the, the, the late home runs to the Padres and whatnot, you still leave confident. You leave those series confident knowing, man, they blew a crazy lead. Like, that's not the way it's always going to go down. Once they get things right, they're not going to blow these big ones. They're not giving up these jacks like that. And don't get me wrong, it happens. But you you go in with more, more confidence. Yeah, and that remember that foul ball got dropped over at first base. It's over. That, that the game would have been. We over. We weren't even talking about yeah. it at that point. Everything that ensues after, and that's just when it, when that ball dropped. Astro fan, if you're out there listening, you just thought you knew it, right? You said, "Oh, here we go, here we go," and then all of a sudden, just pitch after pitch after. When Tatis got up there, you knew, like you knew, you saw, you had holes flashback. Yeah, you knew, you knew, you were you were looking into the outfield, just calculating where exactly it was going. You can't give great players like that extra opportunities, and you saw what happened. And that's the thing; they all knew whenever it's momentum. That's how do you build momentum? That the other team gives you another another shot at it. That's it. it, and you feel that. You know, when you've played sports, you know you you feel that when you make a mistake, like. It's just a sense. You're like, man, they're going to make me pay for this one. You can just sense it coming. I mean, that doesn't give the pitcher, you know, permission to, you know, throw a poor pitch because the defense didn't help him out. But that's just the way it works. It's, you know, that phrase, you know, like ball don't lie in basketball. You know, when something weird happens, sports has a way of evening out. You know, the right thing is supposed to happen. And I think we saw that there. What I'm also interested in is I'm looking at the Astros' probable pitchers. You know, they're about to play the Red Sox again. 
we're about to really get a good sense of how good this Astros team is because this is going to be tough. They got to go to Boston. They don't have it listed on the site I'm seeing right now who who's going to pitch the next few days. So I, I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to let you know set this up. If 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 the manager was the manager uh, Dr. Dre on 290, if he had his way, it would go Grinky McCullers, Valdez, Urquidy, Garcia, top five. That's how he has it. Wow. If you have it different, 713-780-3776, we're going to get to some football on the other side because Julio Drama comes out and he's describing what he wants his ideal quarterback to be. And I'm going to tell you what that is next. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. <laughs> To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. The Affordable Care Act continues to be a complex regulation, and employers must comply. Visit hrp.net for help. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Big ups to everyone hanging out on Twitch this morning. Dr. Dre, my man Alex Villanueva, Crystal's in the house. Lamont, as always, he says the Astros have to prepare for the future. Grinky, Verlander, and Correa likely are gone next year. Uh, just just saying it i mean we know it and just just saying it just hearing it it just it makes you sick right because we always talk about how these opposing fans are are booing and you're thinking who are you booing those guys the, most of the team isn't around from the 2017 squad so now that you start dwindling down and you're saying all right another piece is gone another piece is gone and then once correa is gone who's left out of that infield that's it you got those three guys bregman altuve and uh, altuve and, and yuli and, and that's it but we were talking about this during the break. If Verlander and Grinky do come off the books, and maybe Correa comes down a little bit on his asking price, maybe we could see that money go to, to Carlos, and maybe they can keep him. Is Crane moving on to cheaper options? I, I wouldn't necessarily say cheaper, but they're adjusting because, I mean, Verlander and Grinky moving on is big. You know, you're losing your top two pitchers. But in reality, you haven't had Verlander anyway. And we hear a lot of fans complain about Jim Crane and the money, but the Astros are consistently like top six in payroll in MLB. They spend money. So that's they're they're not a cheap team by any means. 713-780-3776. Let's switch gears a little bit here because the football world, I'm not going to say it's on on pause or nothing, but a lot of a lot of people are wondering where when Julio Jones falls. Texans. Texans. <laughs> <laughs> he falls in Kirby. Yeah. Where, where else do you think? No, I mean, right now, he says that he wants to go to a quarterback that's got a big arm. Texans. <laughs> <laughs> if Texans are you listening? Wow, the, he matches every everything he wants. We have in town. He, he says he... He wants to be able to. I mean, hey, do you just Texans? Yeah, Texans. He, he says he wants a a, a guy, a, a a godly man to Rod Taylor. <laughs> he wants a guy that knows that uh, that has a, a lung of steel on the team. To Rod Taylor, uh, just no. Let's be serious here. Julio Jones wants to go to a team with a quarterback that has a strong arm. Well, yeah. So does everyone else. Who doesn't? Then all of a sudden, you got Tyreek Hill coming out and saying. I would love to play next to 
Julio Jones. Who does it? Right. At this point, that's why when people say, man, where can he possibly go? Like, where do you make him fit? The only question, the only way to answer this question is who can make it happen salary wise. That's obviously the key here. Who can take in the salary that he take that, that he requires now, and who's going to pay him going forward at the age that he's at? Because we know him coming in, no matter what, he's going to make your offense explosive. We know, yeah, that. yeah. One thing though that to me that sticks out is he has had a history of injuries. But when you look at it on the box scores or on overall, he doesn't miss the games. You win when okay, fantasy owner right now, Julio owner. How many times during the season is it did not did not practice? DNP, 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 Friday did not practice. Sunday, Sunday morning, they move him or or Saturday night, he goes from questionable to probable. And then Sunday morning, they're like, he's playing. And then out there when he's out there, you're praying that he doesn't get hurt. And sometimes it's soft tissue stuff. Sometimes that that lingers. You know, and it, it lingers out through the mid middle of the season, and, and now you're playing like seven or eight weeks like that. That's just who he is. Because many people say, "Well, no, that's crap that you say he's injured." Look at the sc- how many games does he miss? He doesn't really miss that that many games for as many times as he as he appears on the injury list. But he's always playing injured. He is. And last year's the first time we really saw a fall off. If I look back, one, two, three, four, five, he'd gone six years in a row with over 1,000 receiving yards, well over, over 1,300 receiving yards. Last year, 771 because he only played nine games. So now in, you know, he, he was 31 last year. We usually see this, right? These rec- Remember how quickly Andre Johnson fell off when he turned like 31. You know, I know he's a little thicker framed than Julio, but they're both big receivers. And Julio can still run. I, I was looking at some stats. He was still over 20 miles per hour on a bunch of his routes last year. So he's still got it when he's healthy. But you heard him complain a little bit that Matt Ryan, he's losing it on the deep ball a little bit, little velocity falling off, and Matt Ryan doesn't quite have the arm that he used to. Matt Ryan's like, thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot, Julio. Appreciate you. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're great, too. So I think, you know, Calvin Ridley's going to be the main guy in that offense. You know, they drafted the tight end. He's going to have a huge role in the first round. So I could see, you know what would make a lot of sense? I don't know if they could fit at salary cap, but going to the 49ers, you know, Shanahan has talked about how, you know, remember he was in Atlanta with Julio exactly. as an as OC, and he loved how Julio could really dictate coverage, which made it easier for him to dial stuff up. And remember, that was the year that Matt Ryan won the MVP. Uh, I have a bet at eight to one that as soon as the Julio news came out, I told my group, if you're listening right now, group, you know that I dropped the rider then and there. I said, that makes sense to me. Shanny's over there playing. Imagine yeah. for his new quarterback to come in there and have that guy to throw to a big target. And you got Kittle to deal with, too. I, I mean, how do you stop that? Yeah. That's, that's in that running game? That's oh. tough. It's tough. And, and just the scheme, the scheme of things, uh, familiarity that, that Shanahan has with him in, in Matt Ryan's most successful season. Yes. Just think about that. It makes sense. Now, something funny about Julio, let's, let's take last year out of context, right? But other than that, he's only ever had one double-digit touchdown season. That's what's so crazy about him. He has all the yards, but we always know. Julio Fantasy owner right now, you feel this pain. He always gets tackled on the five, on the three-yard line, and then they come in and they run it in or, or they'll throw it somewhere else, you know? And it's just like, I need those six points too. That's another Andre Johnson comparison, right? Andre always had trouble getting the double touchdown, the double digit touchdowns. But he had the looks, the catches, yep. just didn't get there. The same thing with Julio. Breaking news. Ooh. What do we have, Trey? Give us something. 
Okay, so according to Adam Schefter, Julio Jones has just been traded to the Tennessee Titans. Oh, Ooh. dang. I don't even know. I got to ingest this real quick. A.J. Brown gets his way. Uh, the videos worked. I mean, what is this? This changes up everything, it Texas does. fan. Do we know the compensation yet, Trey? Working on it. Gotcha. All right, here it is. Sources. The Falcons are trading all-pro Julio Jones to the Titans for ex- in exchange for at least a second-round pick. So there's more compensation, but uh, I'll get to it. As I had to play the breaking news sounder. No, it's a big deal. Yeah, it is a big you deal. You scared me with it. I said, okay, something big's coming. Someone got pregnant or, or something happened. I was thinking Julio to the Texans. I thought I spoke it into the... <laughs> Spoken into the universe. I mean, we would have ended the show right here. I would have been praying in front of in front of the stadium right now. I would have been I would have been cooking tacos. We we would have had Kobo's come out. We would have threw a party outside of that stadium if Julio was there. I'm talking about we're drinking, we're throwing it down. But now instead of that, man, those four and a half wins for the Texans just got a little bit smaller. Yeah, maybe yeah. three and a half now. <laughs> Not to say that one of the wins was going to be against the Titans, but then you at least say maybe, maybe they can get a division. Good luck. Now it's like, I mean, I mean, okay, think about this though as a look for the Titans. Think about what it does for the Titans when you have a big running back like Derrick Henry in the back and you have to put extra men in the box. But then now you have two guys, not just one, but two receivers that can stretch the field. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, step on foot. What does that do for him as far as fantasy? There's so many aspects to this. Yes. The, the win total, um, the, the 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 division odds, everything. A.J. Brown's fantasy value takes a hit, right? Everything. People had him top five, but now he's got to split all those targets with Julio. You know what I think this really does? Remember how I was talking about we could see some fall off from Derrick Henry this year because he rushed for 2,000 yards last year, and usually guys, they fall off the following season because they get so much work. Well, now if Henry does get dinged up and miss a few games, their offense should be okay. They can throw the ball to Julio. They can throw the ball to, to A.J. Brown. So now if that happens, they have other ways they can beat you. And they even, let's not forget, they picked up uh, Josh Reynolds. They that's, did. That's their three. They did. Like, uh, what's going on well, here? Well, they lost Corey Davis, so they had to get something back. And now it's Julio, too. My Lord. This is trouble. This is trouble. I don't know if you have something back there for trouble, but hit it because this is trouble for the division. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Play some trouble there, Trey. I mean, hey, 713-780-3776. Yeah. We want to know your instant reaction because you just heard ours. There was a, a slight pause in the air. There was a, a slight look of what the hell just happened. And then you start trying to calculate everything on your head in your head just real quick. Like, okay, what does this mean for this? What does this mean for this? But here we are. Hey, everyone on our Twitch is freaking out. Wow, Titan Hugo. Hell yeah, Titan Hugo. I just realized that he is living good. What's happening, Titan Hugo? How do you feel about it? I want to know. Again, 713-780-3776. Dr. Dre says, I'm curious how Julio's game translates to a very crappy being outdoors versus the track meet in Atlanta. That's interesting. Also... I think I Titans the favorite in the division now over the Colts. It was. Okay, what does that do to the Colts? If, if you already had your ticket punched at the Colts getting double-digit wins because they had it at Colts having to get 10 wins for you to win your bet, what does that do to that? Because now that if you had one of those penciled in as Colts win, I mean, where does that put Titans overall? Is it a, Are they a top-five team now? Because 
They've been consistently there. Yeah. Tannehill has panned out. They gave Tanny his money. They've been to AFC title games. Yeah. You know, and the other thing, too, is the Colts was a destination we were hearing Julio could go to. So not only did the Titans get him, they kept him from going to Indy as well. The phone lines are open. What's your reaction? Julio has joined the division, the, the Tennessee Titans. And Titan Hugo is partying right now. This is Moneyline ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe. And Josh Jordan. Instant reactions is what we are looking for as one Julio Jones has found a new home and it happens to be inside the division of the Houston Texans. Tennessee Titans land the big coveted prize in a first ballot Hall of Famer. Any way you want to look at it, he is now on the Titans on a team that has a running game that, that you have to account for with extra men in the box and a receiver and, and A.J. Brown that's young and, and, and he you saw him in the playoffs. You saw what he did. He's coming in. He was making his name. And all of a sudden you give him Julio? This is trouble for the division. How much trouble, though? Let's get to Justin on the HRP listener line. What do you think about Julio on the Titans? Hey, guys. I had uh, two initial reactions kind of on the Julio trade. The first thing was, you know, when the Texans traded uh, Hopkins, I was thinking you never trade a top five uh, skill position player. And my go-to is the Falcons would never trade Julio Jones, and here they are, you know, for, for what, a second-round pick? So I just thought it was kind of crazy because I think you never trade a top five skill position player, quarterback, running back, wide receiver uh, on the offense. And then the second one, I kind of wanted to see what y'all thought. My, my, one of my first reactions was relating it kind of to the Vikings where you have an amazing run game and then two elite wide receivers, let's say when they had Diggs and Thielen, and it really comes down to what Kirk Cousins was able to do because he had all the pieces around him no matter what, and it really was kind of, what is it, like you're only as fast as your slowest player or something like that where it's like he's going to have to take the next step up as a quarterback for that team to be good because he has every piece he could ever ask for. And I just wanted to see what y'all thought of that comparison with maybe a Vikings or even even a Seahawks with Russell Wilson with those wide receivers where he kind of fell off and it's only as good as that quarterback can be. I think that's a good point. They're both guys, Cousins and Tannehill, kind of viewed as game managers, right? And, I mean, even last year, Thielen and Justin Jefferson were fantastic for the Vikings. You are going to see they are built similarly. Is our vision, though, or, or how we viewed Ryan Tannehill, is it a little skewed, though, because we still remember those years in Miami and it's it's like – if you look at who he was in Miami and who he has been on the Titans, he's two completely different guys. Look at the money they paid him really quick. Look at the run he went on. In 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 the the back end of not last year but the previous season, he was the most efficient quarterback the, the, the last eight games of the season. I mean, the Titans were scoring plus 20 points in every second half. I, that, was, that was a bet I was making every single time when he was on his run. He's earned that money. I think sometimes we still view him as, and I still do it too, you think Ryan Tannehill, it doesn't exactly just – 
light up a room, you know, Ryan Tannehill. But look, look, look at the success the Titans have had. It's been there. They've made their little runs. Obviously, they, they, they haven't propelled into Super Bowl contentions all the way, but they are. We know what you, the Titans bring, and they're tough. From the coach on down, they're built a certain way. And, and to be honest with you, I like the way they're built. I do, too. I, you know, I pulled up his numbers as you were talking about Tannehill. Completion percentage last year, over 65%. 33 touchdowns to yeah. seven interceptions. That is really good. Didn't he have numbers similar to Mahomes? Almost better than Mahomes For a last while, year. he did. Remember, they were even. he was in the MVP conversation for a piece there. Like He doesn't turn the ball over. It's an efficient offense. It's, it, and now you add Julio. How do you, again, how do you stop that? Think about this. It's football. It's simplified. You have to a big guy like Derrick Henry. You have to have a simple, a, a more people in the box. Go ahead and, and and try to put, go ahead and and play dime because go ahead and do that. Go ahead and play dime. Go ahead and play quarters against Derrick Henry. It's not going to work. So you're going to put extra men. Now you're going to rely on your number one DB to be able to hold Julio and, and maybe with a little help. And then okay, that help. It takes away from the help that Brown, because Brown needs you got You can't hold him one on one either. He's a monster. This is where you are now. This is trouble. I like Tennessee to win the division. I do too. If you're a safety playing the Tennessee Titans, that's going to be one of your worst weeks at the you're office. Gonna be sore. Yeah, you got to worry about filling in and then tackling Derrick Henry, and then you got to worry about Julio and AJ Brown getting behind you at the same time. Imagine that they soften you up. Run, run, play action. Yep. Done. Misdirections. And all of a sudden, over the top. It just, it's trouble. And I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill is no world beater, but he doesn't need to be. Nope. Like the caller just said, he just needs to be good enough. Kirk Cousins doesn't need to be the world be a world beater. And you have a lot of these guys that that if they were were world beaters, if they if they can turn things around, then you do see him take that next step. It's dangerous, man. I I guess we got our answer. Also, though, as far as the fibbing that's been going on, there was a little bit of fibbing from the Atlanta side because they said they had numerous, multiple first-round draft picks on the table, and it was a matter of them picking out. There was You always knew that was a lie because there was, if there was a first-round pick on the table, they would have took it right off the top. There was no first-round pick because teams knew that they were going to have to. It's not only about this year. The Patriots weren't going to bring them in only for this year when there were people talking about They were looking for the future. Titans have to do the same, though. And my question is this, because I know that Tannehill got his money. Henry got his money. What happens with Julio? He, you know, we've heard rumors that he wants a new deal. I think they didn't get a first-rounder for him, and we only know it's a second and some other things, so maybe more will come out on what the compensation is. But he's making a ton of money. I didn't think they were going to get a first-round pick for him, Jerry. Here's why. This year, he's, his cap number is $23 million this mm-hmm. year. Next year, it's 19 The year after that, it's 19 You typically don't trade first-round picks for guys that you have to pay top-of-the-market deals to. That's not how this works. And let me ask you this, Texans fans. We saw DeAndre Hopkins get moved for a second-round pick. And also and also David Johnson. And here we see Julio get, getting moved for a second-round pick. So, But the other thing is Julio is a lot older than Hopkins at the point of this trade happening. So this is what I got to wonder. In 2020, Tannehill signed four-year 118. That's four-year 118. Uh, I tell you that... They, for them to pay in 118, they yeah. uh, no, don't get me wrong, bad quarterback. Goff got money too, but there was something people saw in him. That's not the quarterback that we thought he was in the Dolphins. This wow. is a different Ryan Tannehill. And then you go look at Henry. He just signed a four-year $50 million in 2020. 
Titans, Titans are just throwing money at everybody. They're all in. They should. This is their window. They should be doing this. Is this the year Vrabel cuts off his own? You know what to get to I the think Super Bowl. So. I forget. To Remember find he out. said that I'll cut off my. Mm. He said I'm married. I don't use it anyways. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> look at these numbers, though. I'm telling you, the two big guys that, and that's why they couldn't sign Jonu Smith. Because he was going to get money. Yeah. He was on that step to be that one of those next tight ends that gets a little bit of paper. They had to let him go. And Corey Davis. They Corey, let him go. He wanted to get money, and he doesn't deserve it. But look where they are now. Man, It's I don't know how – I don't know what they do with Julio going forward as far as after this season and, and, and the future after that. No, I agree. Look, Julio's making a lot of money here. So I don't know if the Titans maybe maybe they redo his deal to make it a little more cap friendly, but he's making a ton of money. I can't see him really getting a raise. I mean, he's thirty two years old. So yeah, they're all in, man. Also, let's not forget who else they signed in the offseason. Bud Dupree. That's right. They I gave him about a bunch that. of money. Yeah, thirty three, or he's thirty three against the cap. Uh, Kevin Baird. He's the second most expensive player on the team. It's not even Henry. Wow. Well, yeah, the free just, safety. Yeah, I mean running backs aren't typically top of the market as far as position. He makes 11.2 a season. Tannehill, 24. Henry, 10.5. Taylor Lewan also makes 11. They're built pretty well. I, I like this move for Tennessee. It's Man, it, I don't know what to do here. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Is it, is it a drastic improvement? I think so. Yeah. Just, if Julio's Julio, yeah. And what it does to the rest of that specific team. If you throw him on a team that doesn't have a run game, throw him on a team that doesn't, then, then you don't have to account with extra bodies. But when you go out there and you try to line up against these guys, let's not forget what A.J. Brown looked like in those playoffs. <laughs> think about how much of a monster. Yeah. You start thinking, wow, he's a big time. He's Now I know who he is. Like people that didn't know who he was, they, they figured it out real quick. And then all of a sudden, man, that worked. The recruiting the social media, not saying that's the only reason. Obviously, Ed, the chips had to fall with money, uh, man, uh, you know, the front office, whatever. But whenever you have a guy like A.J. Brown that you see, he stunts, man. He has his glasses on. He has his big change. He's a diva wide receiver. Whenever he says, hey, and the way he explained it, we'll play it on the way back. The way he sold it, he said, I'll take I'll take a back seat. Like, just imagine that. And he he, paint, he painted out the whole team. You got big Derrick Henry in the back. You got, and then he, he said, little old me just playing sidekick to you, basically. And not in those words, but basically he said, I'm down to be your Robin. You're the Batman. Well, and we saw Calvin Ridley had a huge year last year. And Julio, when he played, was putting up his numbers. So there's, there's plenty of, of targets here for both of those guys to, to have a big season. And we were talking about the 49ers before this news broke. They're kind of their offense is kind of schemed up similarly to the 49ers because they run on that you know that great running game is, is their foundation kind of like the 49ers and now you add Julio to AJ Brown and a very efficient Ryan Tannehill it's a good move 713-780-3776 if you want to talk Julio or if you want to talk a little bit of basketball because we're going to touch a little bit about that because Harden Soft tissue injury. And like this song says, he might have been in the club one night. This is Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5.